This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Autodesk Sketchbook. Uh, use it to draw, doodle, or capture your ideas visually on Windows, Mac, iOS, Android. Uh, you can do all kinds of stuff with it if you're looking to capture your visual ideas quickly and easily. Go to sketchbook.com slash thumbs for a, for 25% off an annual membership or get a free 15 day trial with no credit card required. That is sketchbook.com slash thumbs. That's all I, uh, I played that in more of Lara Croft Go. And... I also played more of that and I would, I could talk about that. Okay. We'll talk about it for a few minutes. Just gotta go. I thought you said just it. gotta go as if that's the slogan. <laughs> just gotta Lara go. Croft go. With just Lara gotta Croft. go. <laughs> she, the real fiction is that she needs to use the restroom badly. Yeah. And that's why she's just killing the snakes and impatiently. So the, when you gotta go, you gotta when go. You gotta go. <laughs> the restroom is hidden across these six temples. <laughs> exactly. That's what it feels like sometimes. This episode is brought to you by Lara Croft Go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To get into this bathroom, you must collect these three gems and be chased by a huge snake beast. It is September 9th, 2015. This is Idle Thumbs 227. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Danielle Riendo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Nick. Rick (laughs) Brecken. (laughs) Hi, Nick. Hey. I just thought we should get casual. We're at like 200 billion episodes. That's true. Why are we we so formal? There's no reason at all. I would use the two form with you. There is actually almost no reason (laughs) at all for us. No, just the two form with you. Like... We introduce ourselves at the beginning of every episode with our full names and no other context, no context as yeah. if that means anything to anyone. <laughs> Hi there, I'm Jake Rodkin, who yeah. you know only from maybe you've heard this podcast before, yeah. and you've heard that name said over and over again, and that's the only thing that it means to you. So, hi Nick. Hey Jake. Welcome. Rodkin. Hey Danielle. Mr. Rodkin. Hey, you can call me D, or D-Dog. Hey D-Dog. <laughs> cool, can't wait to... Or D-Horse, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Metal Gear humor. <laughs> you like my Metal Gear jokes? So I think seventy-five percent of us have been playing more That's Metal right. Gear Solid Five this week. Yeah, That's right. Is my guess. Oh, I have five percent complete. I have an important <laughs> update. Metal Gear conversation uh, that, that has no bearing in reality on why I haven't played Metal Gear, but is an excuse for why I haven't That's played fine. Metal Gear. Which Good. is that this week uh, I discovered that the video card in my PC is in fact. Six years old. I have the first ever DirectX 10 compatible video card. Ooh. So I have now, um, when I go home tonight, I can put. A, I'm going to replace it with a three year old. Is that the video, video card, card that I sent you? Yes. Oh, good. Uh-huh. Which was a replacement well, for long. You gave me an Nvidia like it was a GTX 200 something, and it would replace yeah. my equal year uh, ATI card. But I'm totally excited on this for this as a host of this PC game focused podcast that I'll be upgrading <laughs> to a like. $80 three-year-old uh, NVIDIA card. So maybe I'll actually be min-spec for Metal <laughs> nice. Gear now. You know what's funny when you, you're saying that made me realize that... So what, what DirectX is the new I think it's, one now? There's well, 11 or 12? 12, yeah. 12, I believe. Because I, as you were latest. saying that, I realized that in my head, <clears throat> I still think of DirectX 10 as 
the new one. Yeah. You know, like, it's, that's I still the one where it's like, attention. oh, DirectX 9 is the old one. There was just also a really big jump in architecture after DX9 that they've yeah. kind of kept with. So yeah. you sort of land on one side or the other of, <clears throat> yeah, it's true. of, of that, I think. Uh, so Metal Gear Solid 5. Yeah. <clears throat> good, good video game. It's, it's a good video game. It is, it is such a weird video game. Yeah. I have to say, this is my first Metal Gear. Oh, okay. I I actually we actually got the you know legacy collection. Mm. We we had these great grand intentions to play mm-hmm. through or at least taste right. from all the previous Metal Gears before this came out. And of course, as, as usual, it did not happen. Um, so I actually started today with this game, and I played the first three and a half hours ish or so, mm-hmm. first couple of missions. I'm running around on my base. I started yeah, upgrading yeah. stuff for R and D, and I've been watching my girlfriend play, and she's. 12, 13, no, oh my god, she's actually more like in the 20s hours or yeah. so. She's she's doing some of the stuff with Quiet, which is a thing I want to bring up sure. probably later after you both talk a little bit about it, but... Um, <laughs> we'll talk about how good the game is first. It's, it's really, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Like, it's a great stealth open world game, I and mean, it's exactly what you guys were talking about last week, and I'm only sort of at the point where you were both at last week. Um, but I guess I want to ask you both how you kind of deal with the just insane dissonance of like, this is such a realistic, not realistic, you know, quote unquote, but like sure. in the moment to moment gameplay, it feels like highly modeled. Yeah, it feels fairly down to earth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, yes, the guards would hear you if you were crunching on whatever, yeah. you know, right behind you. Like, it feels like the simulation aspects are pretty yeah, high fidelity, and then it's demons and whale, I mean, fire like whales and, and shit <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. I guess this is why no. it's weird that this is my first Metal Gear. I mean, like, funny, what that's the funny is thing. This? If anything, <laughs> during the like moment to moment gameplay, this game has less of that than mm. than. Yeah, it's. I had. I think I had like false memories of of the earlier. Like, I, I actually spent some time. I was thinking like, oh, maybe I will go back and play. Metal Gear 1 just for a minute, it's kind of hard to find a version that you would actually be able to play acceptably. Like, they remade it. Anyway, um, but that was GameCube only. I guess I have a GameCube. Or like a, a There's Wii like a PlayStation a collection of them, but it's not... If you don't yeah, have a weird PS4, Silicon Knights yeah. remake that has all the cutscenes. Oh, Twin strange, Snakes! Where they redid yeah. all the voice. Anyway, I thought about going back and playing that, <laughs> and then while I was thinking about it, I was sort of going through the things that I remembered about it. That game's crazy. Yeah, like, that game is is pretty. <laughs> Sorry, bird. I mean, it it gets pretty absurd pretty fast. I mean, it, as much as you might remember the first twenty minutes that are directed just like a Michael Bay movie, the rest of it is just nonsense. In the same way that this game is, it's just slightly <laughs> more restrained. Maybe are right. you used to the nonsense that they're already like the? Or the they guy didn't. The they didn't know what they could get away sure. with yet. Maybe. Yeah, kind of. Like it's, it's always weird, right? I mean, it's always a really outlandish series. To me, yeah. it's like there's but a it, base. But you know it, that they're just very clearly yeah it's like very genre uh, you know identified like oh this is a hollywood action film uh and that's the first layer and then everything that is put into that is just kind of whatever they feel like is kind of or like whatever yeah. whatever makes it interesting or like crazy or, or you know like it just like and that base layer never really changes like cowboy bebop is a weird good example of that i think because the consistency of that reminds me of this game where it's hmm. you're in space and there is gravity and there there are like concepts of like space stations and things that are fairly like thought out in terms of what that stuff would be. But then but also, beyond that, whatever, there's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, there's like yeah. a weird like pinup girl and then like a dog that like jumps around and like, I don't know, just weird. There's stuff all sorts like of, that. Yeah. yeah, there's just a Japanese yeah. sensibility for, for humor that I think is, is, you know, can feel culturally different. Sure. Um, and I think a lot of people appreciate that about this and then of course there are aspects that they don't appreciate <laughs> sure sure yeah yeah i think well oh, I, that's I, yeah. fair, I, think. I think that the 
the fl- that fluidity makes it easier to sort of misstep. You know, it it there's a lot of a lot of opportunities for sort of almost sublime absurdity. And my <laughs> my favorite moments of that tend to be the ones that are indulgent with, I guess, sort of the series' own history. So the series has gotten much less binary in terms of things like enemies seeing you and enemies not seeing you and, and, and mm-hmm. things like that. Then, then for example, if you're going all the way back to metal gear solid one, there's been an, yeah. an evolution over the course of the series, but it's much less binary than that game was, but there are still nods that are to me very clear and tongue in cheek, such as the like broom, little yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> alert sound that guards have and the function of things like the cardboard box, the cardboard boxes, which, yeah, yeah, which exists in a binary state in the sense that you can just summon it out of nothing, but then <clears> also <throat> has all of these additional, this additional granularity that it did not have before. Like you were saying before the cast, Nick, how, how it, it's sort of fully physically modeled and you can kind of slide down a hill with it. All of these yeah. like incredibly um, intricate, ways of representing it in the world but it's all extending right. from this totally ridiculous what, what absurd thing yes. i pop up a cardboard box and hide inside of it it's perfect and that's great <laughs> right it's it's i like that i mean that kind of goes back to just the the thing that you that we've sort of been describing in general i feel like is it's okay for an individual concept to be exceedingly realized and placed into this game almost sort of in its own silo and in that way like what you're saying about the cardboard box it almost feels like the cardboard box is now metal gear solid cardboard box five right. existing mm-hmm. inside no. of metal gear solid five well exactly. i mean like yeah exactly and and then you know the fulton extraction device which is oh the my God, yeah. crazy balloon that you can use to just zip see, people that, off the battlefield that to me feels like the perfect example of this where you know you could just have it the box disappear right but they went to the effort of like the thing just sort of lifts, and then the balloon gets attached, and it flies out. <laughs> and the guy like, goes, Bloo! It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, they, this, this is a real thing. And they also, they can, they can potentially die in transit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The weird if they're detail. injured, they yeah. could die from the shock. And so, <laughs> and so there's all of those. <laughs> explain it so amazingly. There are all of those indulgences that I think are hilarious and work really well. But that, that sort of spirit of indulgence also, I think, leads to things like the quiet character, mm-hmm. which is sort of gar- kind of just garbage, like you know, <laughs> a character who who dresses, you know, incredibly skimpily despite being a proficient warrior because of like a ridiculous plot conceit that I guess for spoiler purposes I we don't really need to say. Suffice it to say, it's a it's a it's ridiculous, really, really ridiculous, yes, yeah, and stuff like that is you know, it's kind of lame. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I have a lot of feelings on so, quiet. Yeah. I mean, Go ahead. Everyone you tell does. your, you no, tell I your don't even peruse the internet for infinite opinions about this character, right? Like, I don't know what yes. I, what I'm going to say that's going to be, um, important. I, I actually have very mixed feelings on the character more so than I thought I would. Now I went in thinking like, Oh God, this bullshit, this skimpily clad, you know, character, but I getting into the spirit of the game, I actually really like, her and her character and sort of the fact she sort of reminded me immediately of like an MMA fighter or something you know she is silent there's, there's all this bullshit around it but like she she actually presents herself as like a, a I don't want to say quote unquote strong woman character but she's like a competent warrior and everybody in the game actually treats her as if she's a threat and a dangerous warrior kind of thing and I thought that was cool 
to me, what undermines it is less the outfit. That's stupid, but it's not like it's not a deal breaker for me, I guess. It's the way the camera just zooms in on her cleavage and her butt and like just yeah. the way the camera Those treats her. Those scenes are atrocious. <laughs> yeah, it's just so ridiculous. And it's kind of like I I get the ridiculous outfit from from one level. I get it because it's a ridiculous game and everything is kind of crazy. And you do see a lot of dudes butts and things like that. So it's like I could give somewhat of a pass if it weren't so completely skeevy and gross the way the camera treats her. It's it's kind of like an in-fiction. She's treated as, like, with at least some degree of respect. Like, she's tough. She knows what she's doing. She's a great shooter, blah, blah, blah. But the camera doesn't treat her the way the fiction treats her. It's like this, I don't know, it, it really kind of breaks down the entire, you know, idea behind the character in a way that, that just made me kind of mad. Like, come on, like, yeah, you, you, this could have been cool. This, no. even with so, the stupid outfit and the, the dumb, like, reason for the outfit, it, you could have still had a cool character, but it just, I don't know. Yeah. This is not super relevant, but does anybody know when Kojima left the production of this game? It was before I don't think he the game left was the finished, production. Right? I think he stuck no? with, didn't he? I thought, I thought that he still oversaw. Okay. Production. I'm just. I was just curious. The they, last thing that he did was hand place those camera angles. Probably. <laughs> there's, yeah. like, sorry, there's no way that Kojima gets <laughs> off the hook for that. You can't. Have your oh no 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 no. Okay. I, I'm. I'm not. I'm oh, not yeah, at all. I didn't assume you were trying. To okay. No 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 no. I'm not excusing. Just, just totally. Curious. I'm just curious yeah. because I. There the are a lot of aspects last, of this game. That the actual are, last thing he did was put his name. 48 separate times, times yeah. into 48 I would actually not be surprised if no, that I, was I really one of the last that was things the... that he did. If he's like, yeah. oh, that foot, that other foot's, that other, excuse yeah. me, that other shoe is going to drop Here fucking soon. HK. Here's my proposal. Yeah. Let's put stylish credit sequences everywhere in the game as a little joke. <laughs> yeah. My name's not on the box. Well, the Fine. thing that's so funny is that most of the, is that the ones that are just sort of the sub credit sequences that are just for specific levels flash all the names so quickly that you barely have to, well not all the names but like the sort of line developers right. go by really so quickly that you can't read them and then created and produced by Hideo Kojima <laughs> is the good several seconds at mm. the end every time it's <laughs> like it's kind of obnoxious but it's it's so funny that I I, don't I also mind. actually so <laughs> I, I mean I'm sure people have talked about this and I haven't played the game at all but it, this game has been in, was in development for a long ass time yeah. and mm. clearly has to have a pretty big team given how much content is in it yeah, yeah. It's actually pretty goddamn cool that each mission has an opening credit sequence yeah. that lists the actual people that contributed to each campaign. Because holy shit, you don't get that if you work on Assassin's Creed or anything oh, yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like, like, the closest choice, you get yeah. is if you're working at Telltale Games, they have opening credits for every episode for style reasons, and then you maybe get your name in the beginning of that. But that's yeah. you you never get that for a yeah, mission based. I agree, thing. and there are ca- there are cases where there are some missions where like Kojima isn't actually credited as a writer, and so there's just one or multiple other people Actually, credited this was, this writers. And that's like the that cool had, thing to see. That I have yeah. for you guys who have been playing it. Have you, have, has it hit uh, binge watching TV levels yet uh, <laughs> where you notice, oh, I really enjoyed that scenario. And then you notice that the guy's name shows up an hour later. Like, have you caught any no, through lines I, of like line developers mm. or sort of like scenario designers whose work you actually can see? I'm not perceptive a enough, but that would be yeah. a cool thing to try. What's more likely is you'd see the credits listen and go, oh, cool, you made those three that I happen to like. You right. notice it if after If someone the fact. sort of compiled that but later, it allows I would be that to, to be it's, a thing it that allows you can do. to be very it means that's possible. You don't have to wait for the developer interviews or the behind the scenes or the GDC yeah. talk or something. A fan can just figure out, oh, this yeah. particular crew clearly made the things mm-hmm. that I like as a person. And that's actually content. really worthwhile in the case of this game because one of the real triumphs of it is the just sprawling open world level design. 
it's so mm. um Zach McClendon, who was uh as I recall the lead designer on Bioshock two uh posted on Twitter today about how wh- how one of the things that actually ties Metal Gear Solid five to Far Cry two you know, which is I was obser- which just is gonna an say it's even more Far Cry two in this regard than I thought last yeah, week right. because of these yes. separate exactly biomes, essentially. It's, it's right. You have this huge world populated with all of these really well crafted encounter areas, and then they're all bridged together in a way that is yep. totally seamless and really smart and huge and sprawling in its scope. Um, but detailed down to an incredibly granular degree, granular degree, which Nick, you were alluding to last week when you were describing just sort of one little, uh, the Afghanistan you know, map, which, moment, which is yeah. essentially, yeah. And it does, it does sort of progress in the same way that Far Cry 2 does, which is you, you sort of like very deliberately travel from one to the next. And then it just kind of becomes unlocked as a, as its own separate thing that you have to like travel to and you go back to, and then you go back, you know, and you're sort yeah. of shifting between them all as opposed to just, Oh, now I'm here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know, um, like, ha- has there been <clears throat> a talk or, or do you guys just know how the world was actually built in Far Cry? Cause I know like for, oh, uh, know. you know, um, elder scrolls games, there've been a lot of GDC talks and sort of just mm-hmm. a lot of knowledge generally about the, gist of how that works but with far cry and i guess maybe with metal gear do you guys like is there a you know you you have to wonder yeah if if the way that granularity works actually is also human assigned where there's people who figured out the overall world and then sort of the big bowls that Mm. you're then responsible for managing the people who design just the encounters that take place within that and then it sort of fractals back out to the to the main map or like Based what, on what the, the hell the process for that is, it's got to be crazy. <laughs> I obviously have no insider knowledge about this whatsoever, but just based on the way that they do the credits and based on how detailed the the mission encounter areas feel and based on the size of the game, my guess, if I just had to guess, would be that the different mission areas were created with their particular teams. And I'm sure there's plenty of overlap. And then it's sort of like, teams. and that's going to be placed here on, right. in the world. And yeah. yeah, and then there was probably a comprehensive pass done to sort of normalize right. across the contiguous areas that, you know, had sort of just yeah. a feel pass. For yeah, like, that, this would be, that would be makes such a, sense. a crazy GDC talk to hear, though. Just yeah, sort that would of, be great. Because we, you know, our mission exists on a contiguous open world map. So then, like, we declared that these are the valid approaches that then had to be sculpted into the overall terrain so that you could get to them from, like, just, oh, man, it, mm-hmm. that must be a horrible thing to have to... Well, he can do make. that now, can't he? Can't Kojima now do a talk and actually spill all the secrets of I Konami? Guess, yeah. I could not imagine Kojima giving a nuts and bolts talk about yeah, how they built their really contiguous imagine. world map, though. Yeah, uh, yeah who knows? Maybe but, one man, of his line speaking producers. of world map, the, the horse... Oh, so God. sometimes when... Uh, as far as I understand it, like when, when the horse is sort of not practically able to get to you, the horse just kind of appears. But if the horse is... Like can path to you, it actually just paths to you. Like it, for, when you call the ho- when you whistle for the horse, I the first time I did it, I was so far away from my horse because I got off at one end of the at the like sort of front, so to speak, of the mission mm. area, and then I ended up on the complete opposite side of it. And I called for my horse, and in the like just the game, not on my map, but just in the game, my little faint horse icon that's sort of superimposed 
mm-hmm. over the screen space of the world. Your HUD horse? My, my horse <laughs> HUD element, yeah. Like, I called for it, and I'm like, man, my horse is taking a long time. And then I realized, just far in the background, I could see the little icon just kind of moving around oh, as it, like, oh, made no. its way all the way over to me. And I just kind of sat there being like, huh. I've never noticed that, actually. Oh, really? Mine always it doesn't always, it doesn't maybe always it's happen just, to me. Maybe it's just rare, but Chris happened to whistle, and then the horse went, boop. Pathfind success. I know how to do it. And then, like, yeah, oh, it, God. It might, it might be, yeah, it it might, 40 miles away. You hit the threshold of real-time horse pathfinding. Yeah, it yeah. cracked me up. I was, like, it was really early in the game, oh, too, man. so it was a really funny, like, introduction to... I call oh, that horse awesome. at all the wrong times. Like, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll spend, like, <laughs> ten minutes crawling on my hands and knees through, like, marshland <laughs> in the dark, and I'll get all the way up to like an area where I've snuck behind the line. So there are like 30 guys looking the wrong way. And I'm like, oh, I'm, yeah, this is going to be good. They don't know what's coming. Whoop, whoop. Like, oh, no. Horse. Yeah. <laughs> Just, whoop. Like, fuck me. Like 30 guys shooting at me and my horse. <laughs> Why did you do that? Oh, I just, I, I fiddle with that, like, you know, the call oh, thing. Oh, the quick, the little quick it's menu thing. It's a little thing. bit fiddly yeah. to me. It's like the one thing that it feels a little fiddly to me in the game. And I, I just accidentally do stuff yeah. all the time. I actually do stuff all the time, all the time. Yeah. This, this game has so many buttons and inputs yeah. and things yeah. you can do, which, you know, it's can be good. It can be bad. It's just sort of a reality, I guess, of making a game this complex there are so many different it's buttons quick, and combination quick, of buttons the quick stuff for me the d-pad stuff is the stuff that mm. always oh uh, i'm terrible with the d-pad yeah, it's yeah. like i'll put the box on all the time by accident <laughs> which just makes you look like an idiot really i mean it's like the best way to die and the worst way to die yeah. <laughs> it's just a box just walk running yeah. around kind of confused running yeah. into a wall and then you're dead yeah yep. patricia the other day definitely called a box at exactly the moment where another soldier saw her but Luckily, yeah, she was able to time. slide off. She was actually on an incline, and so it was like, "Hey, I got a box," and then just like, "Oh, good." Just, so she's just as the escape off, slide. like good. slided down the <laughs> yeah. sled, like yeah. like sled style. It was awesome, and she made it. She lived too. It was great, man. Um, <laughs> you know, our many our our some quick pithy summary for why Far Cry Two was good, <laughs> and sort of explaining the way that its system worked together. At a certain point, boiled down to longtime readers will know this too. Uh, the, you know, the grenade rolls down the hill is the thing that we we often said about Far Cry Two, and uh, that's usually rolling back into you. Yeah, right? it's usually back into you. Yeah. Tom Francis, um, who developed Gunpoint and is working on uh, Heat Signature. Heat Signature. Yes, sorry. Uh, he also is a host of the Creighton Crowbar podcast. Yes, of course. Yes, oh, nice. yes, he podcasts as well. He. Um, at replied us with a YouTube video that he captured of Metal Gear Solid Five, sort of demonstrating this principle in this game as well. He had this really well planned uh, <laughs> assault on, in the middle in at nighttime, I think, on a on a um, an outpost with two guards, and he tossed a smoke grenade to them, you know, into where they were, and then started sort of creeping up with his silenced gun, and then the smoke grenade started rolling back down the, the hill <laughs> towards him and enveloped him in smoke. And he actually pulled it off very cleanly, nice. but he was totally taken by surprise and baffled for a moment, then realized, oh my God, this, the grenade rolled down the hill. Yeah. That's happened. so good. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's good. I mean, last week when you said, like when we finished recording, you were like, oh yeah, the grenades rolled down the hill a bunch of times, but it's not even worth talking about it. Because like you just took it as Nick, you just took it as a given. Well, yeah. I mean, (laughs) stuff like that happens in every mission. I mean, that's the thing is is like this, it it does good. I know, I know. It's, 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 it's really, um, 
you know, like for me, Far Cry 2, uh, uh, I mean, Grenade rolls down the hill, yes, but then also the Jeep goes into the lake. And the Jeep goes into the lake, that's happened to me on almost every mission uh, where I've just somehow (laughs) gotten myself into some bullshit thing and um, now have to, like, dig your way out. And, like, I think what you said is true, which is that in earlier Metal Gears, um, that binary thing of oh, I've been found, and now I have to basically find a hiding place and sit there, and that's really my only recourse. Just wait for cooldown, basically? Yeah, basically yeah. wait for cooldown. Uh, in this game, that whole sequence of events is so much more finely tuned, and there's so much you can do to get out of that situation, and I think that that feels like even more so to me than the open world aspect is kind of the thing that's holding my attention, is that when you screw up, it's not just, oh, I I guess I've just got to go run into a room and sit there. You know, there are so many things you can do. Hmm. Like, for instance, um, just today I, got, I, you know, had that happen. Like, actually, I was like, there's a, it was like a mission to extract a prisoner, uh, which is a very common thing. And um, the prisoner was inside a little guard uh, camp inside um, uh, uh, just like a little uh, shack. And so I crawled, I spent like, you know, 10 minutes, like, you know, slowly crawling my way up to this thing, uh, jumped into, jumped through the window, um, and then, uh, uh, picked up the guy and I could see that there were three (laughs) guards just sitting outside of the, of the shack. And so I was like, well, how am I going to get this guy out of here? Like, I'm just going to, so I just sat there for a really long time and, um, (laughs) Finally, like, I don't know, I was just, like, kind of doing the thing where you just sort of move around while you're thinking, you know, in yeah, games, yeah. Or, like, where you, like, hit the jump yeah. button, and I was just sort of, like, spinning in circles, and I just knocked, like, a weird, like, jar off a table, Oh no! and it just, like, <laughs> it hit the ground, and then just, like, slowly rolled up to the thing, and then a guard just happened to, like, I mean, you probably heard the, the sound, but I, I just saw him spin, and then you can see them through the door if you've already, like, marked them, oh, and yeah. so I saw him slowly walking up to the door, and he was like, huh? <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I'm stuck in this thing." And then I realized, and you can't, you can't like lift a guy through a window. Yeah. Then I realized you can throw a guy. So I just threw the guy <laughs> out through the window, and then jumped out with him, and then dragged him like through the grass, which you can also do. You can just drag people like Perfect. you know on the ground. I just all these things like you know that that went on like for five more minutes doing weird things to like evade <laughs> this. Awesome. They jumped in a jeep and try, you know tried to find me, and all this weird shit happened. But like it worked. And in a, in a normal Metal Gear, Metal Gear game, there's, like, no way. Like, I would have been completely, like, I would have done the thing where I hide in the box and he finds me and that's it. You know, that's basically yeah. every Metal Gear game in that same situation. But, you know, I'm sure, you know, uh, people are going to find the limits of, of this stuff and <laughs> it's going to become old hat. But, like, right now, 10 hours in, it seems like I'm still finding weird new things to do, which is crazy. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really fucking good. Um, do either of you have, the like, the wolf that... Yeah, that was the with puppy. You. There's someone sent. Okay, so Roger Chin, who we've mentioned on this podcast before, he made that crazy, um, like remote console system that mm. that that we told you about. He he sent a video that he captured of Metal Gear Solid Five, where he is like sneaking around with the wolf. And I want to yes. know if this is. I want to know if this is a thing that that always happens, or if this is just coincidence that this happened happens, or what. So he's sneaking down the road and then realizes. There's an enemy in, you know, a two-legged mech walker, walker. like a tiny yeah. little metal a gear. walker. Is that what I don't the know? Yeah, you get a D- you get one later. Yeah. Okay, good. So, As a buddy. So the so he's on the left side of the road, and his wolf is kind of following along on the right side of him. Yeah, and then he hides behind a pile of tires, 
but the the wolf is still kind of exposed because it's just you know a few feet to his right and so this walker comes up seems to see the wolf yeah but not snake <laughs> the wolf sees the walker and the wolf tenses up it adopts a really aggressive stance and starts just snarling yeah at the walker well, so and then it they just look at each other for like 10 seconds and then the walker just turns around and yeah leaves. it's that's a systemic crazy. thing that's awesome it'll when when there are enemies near it will sort of point you know in the way that dog mm-hmm, like goes yeah. on point um and snarl at you know in that direction so if you're hiding it will actually sort of like track a guy through the wall just by its smell and just knowing yeah. that it's there. And that's, that's what that is. The other crazy thing that that thing does awesome. is like, I don't know, I was, this I'm hoping that, w- that also what's happening here is that the dog hates the robot. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. That's probably true. Because it's <laughs> smart. It can, it can smell the difference. Yeah. Yeah, it knows. <laughs> um, but the other thing it does is, um, like if you if you start crawling, it will get down on all fours yeah, and put its head between its, its paws. Really like cute. it does the stealth in, in thing. 90s dogs. Yeah, it does. It does a 90s dog. There's a dynamic yeah. 90s dog uh, moment. Um, I mean, the dog is actually really impressive. Like it paths pretty well um, for a game that has a billion other things in it to do a dog as well as this game does. I mean, there are a lot of games that do the dog at this point. The dog <laughs> doing the this dog is, this is a pretty good example of a dog. It's 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 shocking. My favorite um, thing about the dog, so Patricia just got, not just, but she's been training it, and it's still a puppy at this point, but it greets her every time she comes back to the mother base. <laughs> and so all the other soldiers, like the staff soldiers, are like lined up to greet boss. And it's like this ceremonious thing. And then the puppy just walks up adorably, just sort of pads up and like greets you and jumps up on you, but everybody's very serious. And it's almost like, this is the ceremony of the dog. Like, the dog must greet you. This is the way we do things. Like, it's <laughs> they're all really lined up awesome. waiting for the dog greeting, basically. Yeah. Basically, yeah. they're like they're like lined up, like saluting, and then the dog just puppy, you know, it's yeah. a little puppy. It tries to just jump like, on the helicopter and it falls off. Exactly. It's really, it's really um, adorable and like treated like this serious moment. It's great. Also, how much do I love the <laughs> helicopter custom music feature? Oh, it's so good. Okay, is, yes. You oh, posted so a video good. Oh your, man! I, how do you access? Yes. So, so, all right, so Nick Brecken posted a video, an amazing <laughs> just video. Nick, just Nick. Of, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Nick posted a video. No, in this case, Nick, Bre- Nick Brecken posted a a, a, uh, a video to YouTube of him playing Metal Gear Solid Five with a you know NPC on his back getting ready to extract, and he calls in the helicopter. And as the helicopter starts to approach the landing zone. You hear the strains of the theme to curb your enthusiasm, like <laughs> wafting from it, and and that is apparently playing from your helicopter. Yep. I didn't know you could use your own music in the helicopter. Yeah. So there's a speaker upgrade that lets you play music uh, blasting oh, at the beginning and so at the good. beginning at the beginning of a mission as you land and at the end of a mission as you leave. God, it and was then, amazing. Um, in the tape, uh, uh, you know, player or whatever. There's an option to mark. Um, so you, there's a folder on PC that's just uh, just drop any MP3 or MP3 in. It's like very early 2000s option. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then it, it, yeah, it, 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 per- it works perfect. It's like the original Xbox. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, exactly. It's and, very um, and you can mark any of them as your helicopter music. Uh, yeah, TV intro theme songs uh, oh so far are, are the, my entire list. Like Sanford <laughs> and Son, just like every oh my god, every, Sanford and Son. Every theme. every single song is is a theme song, and it's the best but thing in the world. Also, especially the landing, actually, the landing with the current because it's like a prelude to being an idiot, <laughs> yeah. right? So it's just steak, and it, you know, it starts. What the best thing about it is the cutscene starts with him getting ready, and it's like the swooshy camera, and he's like got his his guns, and he throws the helicopter door open. 
open and then it's just, <laughs> and then you like drop and roll and then the, you know it's slow it fades out in the same way the episode intro fades out because the helicopter just flies away over a mountain oh that's there are also perfect. there are also cassettes you can get in the game that have yeah. music yeah. on them is yeah that it's all 80s you yeah. know stuff uh, usually covers but yeah but why yeah. have that when you can have why have that one? theme yeah. Yeah. Or, you can just get the seinfeld <laughs> theme and just fucking like, seinfeld <laughs> it's it's the best good because honestly like an actual musical track is too long for it to be effective because it's really just like yeah, does have a shitty jingle. It's perfect. So the jingle is what you want. I'm just this is my pro tip for this game. Get a jingle. Get your jingle. Everybody Cheers. choose. Yeah, send in your favorite Cheers jingle. Got to be the game. ultimate. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. Yes. For those who backed our Kickstarter at an incredibly high tier, Chris's Metal Gear Solid Helicopter Jingles Pack. Yeah. <laughs> I think what you want is curb your enthusiasm for your. Your your starting music and yeah. cheers for your closing music. Oh, no, that's a good yeah. one. That's, that's, that's a good one. That's what yeah. you want. Yeah. This Just game is... Oh, go ahead. Vocal version of Full House theme and instrumental version of Full House theme. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. Also a good choice. That's anyway, perfect. Yeah, so that's my favorite thing right now. This game is great. I know I'm going to be playing it all the time. Yeah. When yeah. I should be playing other things. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, and actually, um, while I was playing it and thinking about Far Cry 2... Uh, the video that Chris and I made um, of me trying to ambush uh, a caravan. There's actually there are several missions in this game that are exactly that mm. thing. Yeah, like it. I can. I mean, it's very clear that they played and thoroughly enjoyed and took from Far Cry Two. I, I I really hope that's. True. I, I think it's actually the case. Having played the game more, uh, there are too many similarities at certain you know, something like that. It's very specific. You know, you see on the map the path of the truck. You know, it's very clearly shaded. You have to ambush the truck. You can do it however you want to. The truck just goes in circles. I mean, it's like it's a, it's literally just that Far Cry Two yeah. uh, convention. That's cool. um, yeah, and of course the same goofy garbage happens where you like <laughs> blow up the lead thing, but then the guy that you really want in the middle of the convoy just starts racing away, and you have to like yeah. you know chase him down and you get run over, and yeah. it's just yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Yep, good game. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Before we bounce too far off of this, just because we we talked about it for so, just so briefly. Your Danielle, your criticism of quiet actually. Sorry, I've been thinking about it while you guys are talking. Right. It really bums me out. Um, not because of your opinion, but because I feel like it's maybe the most damning criticism of that character that can exist. Because there's no, there's no room for any excuse or any justification. Oh, yeah, for if sure. it's just yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, yeah. the directorial gaze totally, on that character, yes. like it is thoroughly gratuitous. Death if of the actually, author is yeah. not allowed when the author is actually just zooming in on a no, pair of boobs. And like, that's yep. just, it's well, really, author, literally I mean, the death of the author works fine. doesn't make any difference. It's a, this is what's in the game. Like it's yeah, garbage. It's, like, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah, but you, you can, you could leave so much more open for interpretation if the camera just stepped back and presented things the way that it would present anything sure, else. But sure. yeah, you're yes. There's yeah. It, it's, it's presented in this, in this sort of like, a Japanese convention of fan service. Yes. I mean, it's it's literally that thing. Uh, there's no getting around it. I did want to actually briefly mention, though, uh, I mean, the reason I was just curious, I mean, this sort of unrelated is I was curious about when Kojima left because a lot of this game is unfinished, it feels. Like, a lot of, there are, there apparently there's, I mean, I, I watched a video, there's the whole ending of the game that didn't get finished. There's like a 30-minute cutscene that's just there in like a half finished form in the game files that you can find. Wow. Uh, that wow somebody, crazy. Yeah. You can Google that. It's on Kotago. I think maybe even Patricia posted oh, about probably, it. Probably. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's super weird. 
Uh, and then there are other aspects of this game that feel like that to me. One of them, I think, is that character creation beat at the beginning. And I'll tell you why. Because people have found now that you can play as uh, a woman in this game. You can find... If uh, you finish the game. Yeah. You, you no, can, no, well, you don't have to finish the game. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, really? you can, yeah, I already have her. For so, some reason, I thought you had to... No, no, no. Yeah, so you can, yeah, you can extract a female uh, prisoner or whatever, like mm. all the guys you, you know, fault and extract or whatever, yeah. considered prisoners, and then they get sent back to your base. <laughs> and then some. Yeah, and then you can you can play as a lot of them, um, and yeah, one of them. And I, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's just that each game there's only one female that you can find, and and like it becomes part of your crew, and it's just a random like generation. It's really odd. Anyway, but it's possible. Yeah. But then they went to the extent of actually like you know. But there's a in- particular there's a particular side mission. That yes. you can just do to, right, to, to, but every to every, every everybody's uh, female snake or whatever looks different, so it's very mm. strange. In any case, uh, the thing I wanted to say is that they you know they went to the trouble of like voicing this character. So like in like in the game, if you like harass somebody, uh, snake will be like, ah, tell me what you you know, tell me what you know or whatever. And uh, they they threw female voice in for this, but it feels like almost an afterthought in a weird way. And I, I'm wondering mm. how much of this game was just like, oh, we spent five years making this game. Here are the things we'd like to do. <laughs> Here's some like, sketches. I guess we'll yeah. put it in sort of like a weird half-finished form. Because uh, I'm like just someone just, said it's done enough. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that happens well, with open-world games in so general. The, the article that um, I read, which was actually on Polygon, I think, about mm. the uh, about that, about the woman protagonist that mm. you can play as, is that Snake himself, you know, the, the, the author of the piece made this sort of observation that Snake himself has almost no voiceover it's true and so the yeah. woman the woman character you can play as has this basically the same amount like right. they're equally voiced yeah um that is, is a which really, really strange aspect of this game too is just a modern game to this level of budget and fidelity but this and the protagonist feels yeah. like zelda or like, yeah, like link it's, yeah. it's yeah. really like metroid it's very it's, it's weird odd. also that they're that they're, like Guys, we got Kiefer Sutherland. Fuck yeah. David Hayter. He's out. We yeah. got A-list yeah. celebrity. Anyway, you have like 30 barks. He says yeah. 10 things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. It is weird. And I and I saw that today about, I obviously had the wrong idea about how you unlock this character, but I thought like, oh, that's really cool. You can play as a woman snake. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. I'm excited. And then like the quiet stuff felt like, yeah. again, like they're trying to do this fan service thing while also having her be like, kind of a cool character who's tough and interesting and maybe there's something to her you know like yeah. it, it it just bums me out when there's that aspect that kind of just that feels maybe too it. finished than not finished. <laughs> yeah yeah like you're right they might have gone too far yeah, with that they, a little too much on the camera there a little yeah. they uh fell asleep yeah. on the maybe, zoom maybe button finish less of that yeah <laughs> yes with minus the the gross camera stuff i would be able to take this character with a grain of salt um, yeah. You guys want to take a break? Yes, sure. Yeah. Video game. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Mm. These are American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. I have slept on a Casper mattress. It is an extremely good mattress. They uh, they come. We've mentioned this before. They come in a hilarious, <laughs> shockingly compressed little package that explodes out into a full mattress it explodes and then and then from there it's sort of a slow rise yes that's 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 true legitimately comfortable good mattresses and they start at like 500 bucks they're very reasonable and if you go to casper.com slash thumbs and use the code thumbs 
you get $50 towards any mattress purchase. Nice. Um, but yeah, they have a whole like trial and return policy. You can try it for a hundred days. So, you know, you can be completely sure that the Casper mattress is actually what you want. And if it is, you keep it and it's good. That's so good. I'll have to try this because I'm, I am going to be in the running for a new mattress soon in, in a new apartment. So. That's true. You're moving to New York. Yeah. You know the exact URL to go to for a cheap mattress. I sure do. What is it? Casper.com slash thumbs. That is exactly right. Awesome. Thanks, Casper. You're welcome, Chris. Video This episode of Idle Thumbs is also very appropriately brought to you by Parachute, an online betting brand based in Venice Beach, California. A brand of sheets that I'm sleeping inside of currently. Not literally right now, um, because we're recording a podcast, but when I go home this evening, I will be sleeping in them. Um, They're really comfortable to sleep in. It's really nice to have a nice set of sheets on your bed. It's a th- one of the. It's like a thing that you take for granted until you have nice, really comfortable bedding that you sleep inside of. Because and then you, you realize, and then oh, you yeah. realize, oh right, <laughs> I'm dumb for not caring about this before. Right. It's all very clean. Uh, you like st- that in a sheet? Yeah. I mean, not like it's not clean. Like yes, they are very clean. <laughs> the sheets are not dirty, but also the styles yes. are very like. It's it's a very cl- classy, clean Excellent. style of sheet. Mm-hmm. Like our bedding before. Um, just because personal choice, whatever, was very patterned and stuff. And we were sort of concerned uh, that the parachute sheets would maybe be boring or something. But our bedroom now actually just looks incredibly bright and stylish. It was actually really shocking and weird yeah. uh, to have a, a nice, clean-looking room. Oh. Um, it's very cozy. It's a good, good, good sheets. Well, there you go. And if you go to parachutehome.com slash thumbs and use the promo code THUMBS, you will get $25 off your first order. Oh, nice. Parachute bedding. Do it. Video game. Think about the amazing bed you could have after listening to this episode of Idle Thumbs. Yeah. I, I'm if you're a, about if you're it. a bed frame manufacturer and you're looking to get in on this, <laughs> you're missing out. Yeah, because the, com- the complete package uh, is almost here. It's true. Danielle, my dream is that you're uh, you move to New York and you just entirely have like a podcast house. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm Nick Brecken. Nick Breedon. That's Rick Brecken. People used to call me Rick. At yeah. Bethesda. I don't know why. <laughs> Did they just not know your name? No, they knew my name. That was just that was just the office like, you know, Seinfeld office nickname that they chose. <laughs> That's a real what? <laughs> Hey, this guy's name's Nick. Let's call him Rick. Yeah, Rick. Yeah, Rick. You're Rick now. They call me Rick Bracken. I don't know. It's just like very strange. All right. Yeah. I feel like Rick Reckon is a, Rickolous. Is a yeah. wrestling name. Rickolous Bracken. Yeah. <laughs> Release the Bracken. That, yeah, they would say that as well. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Called it. It's too bad. Also, I live across the hall from a like Carolyn Bracken, which is very confusing for packages. <laughs> I live across the hall from a Rick Bracken. <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird. Yep. I live across the call, the hall from a Rickolus Bracken. Package is very confusing. Hi, babe. <laughs> it's me, Rickolus. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you on the cruise. Yeah, remember that time that you got Rickolus Bracken's Macklemore tickets? Rickolus Bracken Macklemore. <laughs> That's the full name. Anyway, are we back? I guess. Oh, we never <laughs> left. That whole thing was was part of the podcast. We've done here. Um, so I, uh, I forgot to talk about this last week or I, maybe we just in the time cause the podcast was long, but I, uh, 
I was playing Satellite Rain, Ooh. which is yeah, which is a game whose whose name I had seen a few times. It's Satellite Rain, spelled R E I G N, not not A R A I N, and it's a um, it's like a kind of reminds me of Shadowrun a little bit. It's sort of a mm. cyberpunk squad based real time tactics game. So it's, it's not turn based. It's actually real time. You have your unit of four, you know, little cyberpunk people and you're moving them around, I guess fittingly, since we've been talking about Metal Gear, uh, this huge open world where you go on sort of core story missions as well as side missions. And you're, you're directing them in a way that feels like a turn-based tactics game. But again, it's in, it's in real time. And so you each, you have your hacker and your infiltrator and, you know, each one has different skills and you level up their skills and you can hack into computers and fight enemies and equip wep- different weapons and and you do a lot of sneaking around and infiltrating and and things and it's really 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 fun i actually did not get into the new shadowrun game very much and for whatever reason this one really just grabbed me i really really <coughs> sorry i really really like satellite rain um there's just something about it that i guess much like metal gear solid 5 on a much smaller scale really hits a spot that I like in terms of a midpoint between, you know, direction and like goals to achieve Mm. and open kind of large connected world and, and strategies that are up to you. One of the things I really like about it is that you have these core missions you have to do, you know, sneak into a big compound and acquire some data or, or, or what have you. And then you can sort of, find informants and pay them pay them off and then get additional information and do other side quests first to like disable security or to you know um there will be fewer guards available because they're distracted by something because you've done this other side thing and you or you can uncover a a different alternate entrance that's less heavily guarded and and um it's just cool just oh and you know, you're making your way around the city and you can siphon money from ATMs. You know, you can oh, install nice. these like money siphons. Just feels like the whole world is all part of a system and you're really taking advantage of all the systems that the world runs on through your hacking and infiltration and all the things you're doing. And these like, you know, this information that you're buying from informants. And it's just really cool. It all, the whole thing feels really smart and really well put together and, and really, uh, dynamic in a way that i like and i yeah i don't have as many sort of hilarious stories (laughs) not as as in a metal gear solid 5 game it's just it's a less outrageous game it's Mm. it's much you know it's much more grounded and and much more sort of restrained uh and it's also a smaller game it was a kickstarted game as you know and so it's made by a smaller team and and has the appropriate scope to match but within that scale feels really well built out and intricate and uh and robust i i like it a lot that's awesome yep yeah i want to try this not that i'm great at tactical games but i feel that this uh this might be one for me yeah give it give it give it a shot yeah nice it's cool it's called satellite rain r-e-i-g-n and it's good you can get it on steam that's where i got it awesome this is a potentially dumb question but what does that name mean relative to the game Oh, I'm not the person to ask. Okay. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't pay tons of attention. People listening to this podcast probably know I don't often pay like a huge amount of attention to sort of lore 
and stuff. Although one funny lore thing about this game is that the um, sort of head of the sinister corporation, you know, like most cyberpunk things, there are sinister corporations in it. And the, the sort of chief of this big organization that's at the center of the city and is like a big component in a lot of your goals is Steven Dangler. The, the guy who like has invested in a number of prominent Kickstarters and was an idle thumbs Kickstarter investor and, uh, or backer, I should say not investor. And, um, he's just, his, his name is just in the game. I, I had no idea. And so I, I loaded the, I loaded the game up and within like three minutes of the, you know, the introductory sequence is the classic sort of, um, collage of news media reports right. kind of you know and as ceo steven dengler rebuffs allegations nice. that his corporation you know like what the hell is this i had no idea it totally cracked that's me up good. and he just like comes up in emails that you find, you find oh, man. yeah that's yeah. It, this is it's good that this is sort of the healthy version of that which is clearly he just was a, a notable force in funding this game right and it's not just a hit piece against Steven Dengler <laughs> where it's like, cause yeah. the dark, the dark version of this is the one where, where Dengler says, Oh yeah, I'll help you out. And then he like, you know, backs out of his own, of his own <laughs> right. deal. And, and they make the game anyway, like but they're a, like, yeah. fuck but, you Dengler. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> this yeah. is, this is the good hilarious version of that. Yeah. Yeah. It cracked me up that he was the bad yeah, guy. That's really good. Yep. So, um, that's so yeah, I, I really like this game. It's, it's tough to try and split the very <laughs> limited, free video game time I have between Metal Gear Solid 5 and Satellite Rain because they're both the kinds of games where you the mm. more you put in, the more you get out. Yeah. You know, like neither of them is a lean experience. I mean I mean they're they're both lean in their own way in the sense that you can be very economical with your play, but there's tons of shit in them and so you can sink a lot of time. Um but it's enjoyable in both cases. The other game I've been playing that has fit in the little gaps of time that these games do not fit in. Jake, I know you've been playing as well still as Lara Croft Go mm. yeah. for mobile. Which we talked about last week for a yeah. few minutes. But mm -hmm. you you beated it. You complete the game. I, I did. <laughs> I beat it. I complete the game. <laughs> yeah, I finished all the levels. And, uh, you know, so I, I got to the end of the game. But I found myself taking longer than I would otherwise have to do that. Because I got so into tracking down all the collectibles. Which is generally not something that I care about what the, the, i usually start trying to do some of the collectible stuff and then almost immediately mm -hmm. just completely lose interest and don't care at all because i don't care about the sort of made up reward of just seeing a number but in this game you unlock alternate outfits for lara croft really okay yeah. I've, I've not collected enough things i guess yeah. for that each, to wor each world mm -hmm. if you collect all of the um like animal sculpture pieces for that one world each world has its own alternate outfit you unlock um and whatever i just that shit is just cool a thing that <laughs> that caused me to notice when you go into the alternate outfit uh interface men you know menu you kind of zoom in on lara croft a bit to sort of you know choose whatever alternate outfit you want and it made me realize that the level of detail in her model is basically the same as the original Tomb Raider. Yes. That, that's oh, the that's thing awesome. that struck me seeing the just logo is I I, I I just read it as that immediately. I was yeah. like, oh, they just like basically remade the Tomb Raider one model. Yeah, it's, it's really, really it's really funny. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, it is kind of cool to see. 
Just not, not for any reason other than I just think, if you played Tomb Raider 1 15 years yeah, ago or, or saw it or read a game magazine. Is, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to accidentally be again. making this up, but I think it was either on the Idle Thumbs forums or someone who tweeted about it. But I think that the art director on Lara Croft Go is a person who actually was a, an artist wow. or senior artist or lead on one of the old Tomb Raider games. Oh, man, that's oh, nice. amazing. And that's cool. there was some just Q&A with them that was linked where they said... That's yeah, cool. yeah, it's weird. I guess I the only Tomb Raider games I'm ever going to make are these are are uh, lo-fi ones, but one of, <laughs> but like not not like not that like yeah you know yeah because there's no not way that such a person way, could yeah. have continuously worked. No, no, no. A, I think it's yeah. just sort of like you you're in yeah, the industry so for a while. You work on into on an yeah. old like PS one or two Tomb, Tomb Raider, Raider, and then like GBA. a decade later. You're doing the iOS like super yeah. stylish, weird, hip Tomb Raider. No, in between, he was working on the DS, uh, the PSP version of Tomb Raider. No, man, what? A, oh man, this guy <laughs> just kills it at making low res Lara Croft. Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh, that's that's um, cool though. That reminds me. Let me see if I can find this. We got uh, we got an email actually from the community manager at Square Enix Montreal, which made this game saying you guys fucked it up this is what this <laughs> that's cool that you completed that you completed uh Lara Croft go yeah i i really like that game a lot i the the yeah. more the more it went on the the more just really great pieces of level design and puzzle design there are they keep adding you know it's exactly what you want in a game like that they just keep adding little mechanics. yeah it's it's funny it, it I mentioned this on the forums, but when I first started playing that game, I definitely was in the mindset of of Hitman Go, and I was playing it for that mm-hmm. sort of precision and sort of yeah. optimized play, and it was not really enjoyable. But when I started playing it more in the headspace that I played Monument Valley in, mm. uh, of mm. just of more just exploring and feeling it out, it really clicked. Yeah. But Lara Croft Go does what Monument Valley did not do for me, which was just get really fucking hard. Like yes. it just sure. got yeah. fucking Monument hard. Valley very frequently. I ended up kind of falling back on, oh, I'll just keep kind of walking around and flipping switches. Yeah, and eventually Monument Valley felt like it was like scratching yeah. at the greatness of its of its promise. Mm-hmm. And the and the uh, those red expansion puzzles, dude. I never got those because they were only available for a month. Oh, that sucks because those were oh, yeah. really felt like okay. They understand how to make their game now. Yeah, but Lara Croft Go really feels like they got it in the game in the, on the first yeah. try. You know, they really between this understood week or between last week and this week, I, I kind of hit man. Yeah, I I crossed over into the second half of the of the single player campaign, and it gets like there's a lot of shit going on. It gets really cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, even though we're not in reader mail yet, I'm going to read uh, this email from Nicholas Bertrand Verge. He writes, hey, Thumbs, last week Chris and Jake were wondering how Hitman Go came about. The studio was founded in 2001 with the mission to make a new AAA Hitman game. That project was canceled, and it was decided that the studio should focus on bringing the Western franchises of the Square Enix portfolio to mobile. At that point, some devs simply left to pursue AAA careers, while those who decided to stay were split into small teams to work on pitches and prototypes for new mobile games. It was decided that the first games of the studio would be from the Hitman franchise, as that had already been studied for the canceled AAA game. Two games came out of that exercise, Hitman Go and Hitman Sniper, the studio's first two games. Daniel Lutz, creative director of the Go games, stated that the team had three primary artistic inspirations for Hitman Go. Architectural models, dioramas, and the rich kids of Instagram Tumblr. (laughs) Nice. His GDC talk on Hitman Go is also available on the GDC vault, designed by constraints. Um, Hope this answers the question. Nicholas Verge, community manager, Square Enix Montreal. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool of him to to write in. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially the Instagram. Yeah, I I went and looked at that oh, Tumblr so blog, 
and it was gross. It made me it's, feel old. Yeah, that is a, that is an intense, uh, <laughs> intense like millionaire kids with yachts and, and yeah. like million dollar Just, watches. It was really strange to see. Um, yeah, I had I had a game I wanted to mention briefly. Oh, go for it. And especially because uh, it was shown to me by a real life mm-hmm. clown. I walked. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you win. (laughs) (laughs) I walked into work the other day. I had an appointment, and it was a game I had already played the demo of called Dropsy, a point and click hug venture, which is a sort of classic style point and click adventure game that actually does a lot of cool things with visual language, but I'll just tell the story as it is. Uh, I had an appointment to see this game, and I noticed a clown fully in makeup, the hair done, the giant shoes, the clown outfit, all of it was hanging around outside my office. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Okay. And I didn't quite put two and two together until I was upstairs at my office. And I was like, oh, right. And so my office here in San Francisco, um, Polygon people, we kind of go there to do appointments or to do certain things, but we're not there every day, pretty much. Usually most of the Polygon folks here on the West Coast kind of work from home. And so that office is mostly like salespeople and like some of our bloggers from like our fashion and like real estate sites. So these are not like the kind of people who are used to seeing weird, wacky, off the wall kind of shit all the time where it's like fashion. Video- well, yes, they- <laughs> fashion. Maybe they see some weird things. Hopefully You're they thought right. the clown was there for the fashion site at yeah. first. Well, yeah. they were all sort of talking amongst themselves like, did you see the clown outside? Oh, my God. Like, I'm terrified of clowns. And I was just like, I I think he's here for me. Oh, he's here for, for Polygon. It's Polygon clown. And they almost murdered me. <laughs> Sorry, it's me. the video game site, guys. Yeah, that's basically what it... That was exactly what it was like. And I was just like sheepishly like, I think it's for me. He's here for me. And they were like, no, shut up. Like, you're, you're not serious. And then, of course, the clown came up and made his rounds and tried to hug everyone because that's Dropsy's thing is that he hugs people. There's a dedicated hug button in this game. Was the clown a developer? The clown was hired by the all publisher, <laughs> I believe. Did he know the game? So, so the clown Does the never... clown have, like, Pax Booth Babe rules? Yeah. The clown like, is, the to... clown just, like, is the clown basically a singing telegram who just shows up, gives you the thing, and goes, great, and you know how to play this. You know what you... to do. The clown never spoke. He was accompanied by the developer <laughs> oh, and boy. a person from the On publisher. The clown so... <laughs> could only yell out the pillars of the game design. <laughs> the clown was named Quiet. Personal language. Yes, Quiet. Quiet the clown. I, it was weird that he was in a bikini and ripped tights. I didn't know why. <laughs> but, you know, he was. Oh, man. It was a wonderful experience. I sat on a couch this size it, for readers at home, for the listeners. Like this couch seat, is like basically. a love seat. It's basically made for two people, but this was three people on the couch. The clown was between me and the developer. All That's four good. of us record the podcast <laughs> squeezed into a love seat together. Yes, yeah. it's very comfortable and cozy. So I... I Played the game some more and got a demo from the developer. And the, the game is actually fantastic, I think. Um, at least so far, you know, I played an early demo. But it's coming out tomorrow on the 10th on Steam and all that good stuff. A classic point-and-click adventure, but with the clown is the protagonist. And it, and it kind of that rides clown? the line. He looked a lot like him. Yeah, it dropsy. They ride the line between this is a horrifying, terrifying-looking clown but he's actually nice and wants to like make the world a better place. So the entire, all the puzzles in this game are just making people happy around you in this city. And it's all like cartoonish, you know, somebody needed something and somebody's 
somebody died or somebody was sick and you have to like make them happy. Someone was murdered. Someone, <laughs> Someone was, murdered. was murdered and bloody. Yeah. In a storm drain. There are definitely nightmare sequences in the game. Yeah, I, this game has it has like sur- weird surreal yes. dream stuff yes, in it as well. Yes, there's weird right? dream okay. sequences and and things like that going on. This game visually to me looks like um this is probably not a great comparison because I haven't played that much of the game, but just the bits I've seen look like Sam and Max hit the road, meet Day of the Tentacle. A little bit. In, in yeah. the but like that, melted slightly. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Made of melted Legos, kind of. Is, yeah. yeah. Kind of the what they're going for. It's actually a really charming and sweet game that kind of looks a little fucked up, but that's the point, is that it looks a little fucked up, but actually is sweet and kind of nice. And all of the language in the game is just sort of... Um, Everything everything is sort of a pictograph. There's no actual speaking or, or English language in anything, and, and it, I really like that. And it's simplified to sort of suit that. So when somebody needs something, you'll see a little pictograph that hints towards what they actually right. need, that kind of thing. So the puzzles are, are really fun and, and pretty clever. I, I like the visual style. I, I actually think it's very charming, and a clown showed it to me. So I'm I'm nice. pretty I'm actually pretty excited for this one. And it's called Dropsy. Dropsy, a point and click hug adventure. Cool. Yes. All right. Um, it's one weird game demoed by a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yep. You guys want to do some uh, reader? Ma- actually, you know what? Before reader mail, I need to do something important before Nick Brecken has to leave. If he has to leave. Uh, we like weeks ago, I think maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we, um, uh, talked about Samantha West, whom we understood to be a robot, uh, (laughs) telemarketer. Um, in reality, Samantha West is not really a robot, but sort of a like human assisted, like soundboard, kind of script script yeah it's like it's like a flash soundboard that presents as a person who's helping you on the phone right right? but the 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 so the the time recorder who uh, the time reporter who wrote the story that we referred to a few weeks ago recorded one of his conversations Mm -hmm. with this like person this entity (laughs) and i feel like it points more towards our robot future than the current technology would allow the actual robot version to be and i want to play so this is like imagine this is like a person on the other end of a soundboard basically starting to sweat profusely when unable to answer these questions i imagine right yeah so here let me just i'm gonna i'm gonna cue this up the thing that we were talking about a few weeks ago but had not actually heard ourselves Hi, I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm calling about an online request you once made about health insurance coverage. Okay. Work with all major companies and compare... Hey, are you a robot? (laughs) What? No, I am a real person. Maybe we have a bad connection. I'm sorry about that. Oh, that's crazy. You just sound so much like a robot. I am a real person. Maybe we have a bad connection. I'm sorry about that. Will you tell me... You're not a robot? Just say, I'm not a robot, please. I am a real person. <laughs> I mean, I believe you, but will you just say, I'm not a robot? It'll make me feel better to hear you say it. <laughs> there is a live person here. But I know there is. It would just make me feel so much better to hear you say, I am this not a robot. <laughs> what? If you could say the words, I'm not a robot, it would really mean a lot to me. 
I am a real person. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you fine. I just want to hear you say, I am not a robot. Yes, I'm a real person. Right, but will you say I'm not a robot? Jesus. <laughs> Are you there? Moment center? What? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Are you currently on Medicare? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay. But now let me ask you, you a question. Medicaid or looking for Medicaid? We'll go, you ask me a question, then I'll ask you a question. How about that? Sure. Okay, are you a robot? <laughs> no. Will you say I'm not a robot? <laughs> That's it. Oh, oh no. God. Oh. One answer away from <laughs> so the close. end, really. <laughs> so close. Mm. So uh yeah, that's those are the conversations you're going to have with basically like the robot. Like the, what that reminds me of weirdly and is the um it's it's a stupid reference to pull, but the when the weird bug alien inhabits the the guy in oh, Men in Black, yeah, 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 yeah. like just like, <laughs> right. just a thing oh. that, that presents as human. Right. The more you engage with it, the more it becomes incredibly uncomfortable, and right. eventually you just part of your body is is removed and right. laying on the floor. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah, it is. Um, also, before we forget, we have to thank uh, a couple people for a couple things. That we have been sent in the mail Ooh. recently, yes. So, um, first of all, we this was a couple weeks ago, and we really ne- were terrible in neglecting to to thank this reader. So, uh, Andy, aka, aka Jeffawup on the forums, sent us a copy of his favorite board game, Dungeon Lords. Ooh. It is a huge, like, massive, uh, impressive uh, board game set that he sent that... Uh, we have on Good Authority is a really fun board game. It's been sort of once people in the office saw that we possessed it, um, people started pointing out that it is a really good game. So I'm looking forward to finding some time to play that. He he said it reminded him of uh, Dungeon, the video game Dungeon Keeper, which we've mentioned positive computer game, uh, which we've mentioned positively in the past. So thank you, Andy, aka Jeff Wap. Thank you, um, Andy. Also, um, we. Uh, need to thank uh, David, a.k.a. Secret Agent Man from the mm-hmm. forums for our latest ridiculous, um, like, supply drop of candy, <laughs> candy and, and snacks and snacks. junk food delivery. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh, which has gr- basically grown every time he has sent us more of it. It's also because we keep ac- acquiring hosts. That's true. We have more people <laughs> on the podcast now, which means more... <laughs> Uh, snacks we delivered. Actually, uh, Nick Brecken got. Oh, I'll just go get Nick's candy right now. Okay, yeah, Jake's gonna go get Nick's. Go get Nick's candy. I was sent a huge box of um, goldfish, oh. which I dearly love. And Danielle, you were sent. What do you think? Junior mints. You were sent junior mints. Yay! Exactly. Oh, I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Nick Brecken does not yet know what he was sent, and now <laughs> Jake. <laughs> These are <laughs> if it is unclear what they are, you can read the uh, small oh, label. That's so good. The label says, <clears throat> uh, baby pacifier-shaped canned <laughs> uns bulk with bonus item new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got some candy pacifiers. candy baby pacifiers oh. for Nick Brecken. For Nick. Yay. 
for the much babe like of a baby. He doesn't, he doesn't use his surname. No, they smell like the marshmallows from cereal, which Ooh. reminds me of being a baby. That's what I actually uh, thought they were. You should eat some of them and see what they taste like. Uh, I don't make a mess, <laughs> Nick. Just like a baby. It's, it's really <laughs> Nick. You have to eat these on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh, and Jake got nerds ropes, obviously. Week. I got nerds ropes. Actually, speaking Man. of um, oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I might. This might be. I might have finally like hit the cusp on nerds ropes. I might, I might be on the on the nerds nerds ropes, and I might <clears throat> might have had a falling out after this most recent box of nerds ropes. It might be too much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sending such yeah, delicious thanks. treats, yeah, thanks, David. Uh, I was going to mention real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. you were t- he mentioned. Uh, the board game. Um, I played a, a game. Oh yeah, that is not a board game, um, but it is a, a tabletop. A game. tabletop game. Uh, gotta, eat these, gotta eat these pacifiers. Sorry, Nick. Do, do it. <laughs> anyway, talk, talk about this game, and I'll, I'll, I'll just briefly, briefly, briefly mention. Um, so I was looking Jake's for just a. Just gonna overwrite your description. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just bag sounds. It's that's a tough one. It's baby proof. Uh, it's baby proof. <laughs> it is. There's a weird cardboard thing inside of it. Anyway, yeah. continue to talk about Star Wars. Um, yeah, so I uh, I mentioned last week I, I bought um, this game called Star Wars Armada, which is a, I guess, uh, a miniature tabletop game, which I've never played one of those. Well, I played Hero Quest back oh, in, man, when Hero I was a Quest. kid. I still have my original Hero Quest. Oh, wow. So do I. Uh, with all the cards <laughs> filled in with bullshit stats and Perfect. just like dumb names that I liked. Oh, it's <laughs> it's pretty good. Oh, but man, we got to get our hands on that. Oh, yeah. I can bring it in. It's really dumb. Um, it I just cheated the whole way. And I also just yeah anyway so <laughs> i this i have I've never really played a game like this um this is star wars armada that's what it's yeah called? and the concept is so there's a game called star wars x-wing which is sort of the uh like i guess um larger scale version of this so star wars x-wing like an x-wing takes up a large uh spot on your table whereas in this game um the x-wings are very very small and it's more of a like tactical like so large this, this scale is a grander view. scale it's a grand scale mini armada yeah, oh, you're playing as one side ships. of an armada. Yeah, um, and uh, I heard good things about it. Uh, and I've been looking for specifically. I I didn't know this game existed, but I was looking for a game that was a two player game because I don't often like do like board game nights or anything. And so I wanted something that was like fair, relatively like easy to set up and take down and just mess around with. So, um, so I played this game uh, with my girlfriend Janelle, and I was initially really apprehensive about playing a game like this with her because she doesn't play board games or card games and uh we don't always play well together when it comes oh. to like competitive things because oh, i get no. very i get very competitive and she beats me a lot uh even though it's like a street fighter thing where i'm like well i've played 20 hours of this get ready to and then she just matches x and then kills me and then i get very upset and um like we actually played like a fighting game once and it was we didn't speak the rest of the day so (laughs) i mean maybe i'm exaggerating a little bit but she'll probably write in and say i'm not so anyway i was very apprehensive (laughs) i will say very quickly this game is actually really uh great um so the thing that you do you build decks uh of cards (laughs) this is just baby talk jake's weird over there yeah found some things in that baby candy so we're gonna have to get back to it in a second <laughs> the best kind of what's in the baby candy jake well i'm not gonna tell the you field. They, they finish up our body here just oh, remember yeah. that it said with bonus item on that uh, generic oh, yeah. looking label there yeah. is an actual bonus item oh, that i just got a glimpse of and stopped looking at whatever the fuck it was <laughs> so let's talk about star wars armada some more and then we get that 
<laughs> the bonus item. So um, this game is played on a very large tabletop, which I don't have, but I managed to sort of like extend it. It's like a three foot by six foot tabletop. Wow. Oh, wow. And it's actually the game. The way the game works is it's all based on the position of the ships in real space. So uh, it's a lot of like there are two measuring sticks that the game comes with one for shooting and one for moving. And the one for moving actually has like segments of this stick that all click certain amount of clicks. And so when you're moving, when your ship is moving, say at like speed three, you reference like on a card, on the ship card, it'll say uh, at speed three, this ship can move one click to the left on the first segment, two clicks on the second segment, and three clicks so on the third you segment. As you can rotate to make curved paths? Right. And so, um, and at the same time, uh, your ship is set at a, a certain speed. Um, and so you reference that speed and you can't move slower than that speed. You're always moving at the speed at which your ship is currently moving. And in order to change your speed, you kind of have to sacrifice like... Um, there's a whole command uh, uh, mechanic where you hide, you queue up commands on each ship, hide what the command is, and then you only draw one command per ship each round. And so the effect is essentially that you are like, like Robo Rally, not really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I like Robo Rally. Yeah. So the effect is that you're giving commands as a commander, and they're sort of playing out, um, you know, one two turns down the line, and and that. Also, that your speed uh, being so difficult to change simulates the sort of momentum of larger ships mm, that are kind cool. of like careening. That almost in has one a like uh, like Neptune's Pride type of situation to it, like a kind tiny, of, yeah. tiny scale. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but where you program a destination and then go, I've locked this in. Right. So I oh, spent shit. a lot of money on this, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, I have uh, Janelle was playing the Empire because it's slightly easier. And uh, she had two star destroyers that sort of started at one end of the map, and uh, the, which is our table. Uh, and the and 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 another end of the map, and by like turn three, she had basically simulated the effect of like the Empire Strikes Back moment where two star destroyers just sort of like accidentally like oh, in no. chasing my ships just accidentally start like flying towards each other and then get completely screwed. And there are all these mechanics for like if you collide with a ship, do this, take damage. If you you know, it's it's just hilarious. Like it actually plays out kind of simulating what something like this would actually look like. It's a really good game. I would recommend That's it cool. a lot. All right, Star um, Wars Armada. It's not nice. cheap, but it's uh, it's actually really really fun. Um, and they're they're releasing a, an expansion soon that um, seems really uh, really J- good. Jake cannot contain himself. So what is the bonus item? <laughs> oh man! I, well, I opened because I, I opened it just because I wanted to eat the candy, yeah. and then I saw that there was what <laughs> I thought was like, a, like every a kid. Yeah, well, I thought that there was like a there, there was what looked like a piece of cardboard that I thought was somehow yeah. like they've set, like the like preservative a figure. Or yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I just I, I I glanced at what appeared to be a bunch of folded sheets of paper, uh, and oh then I said, my. "Nick can just read whatever this is. I don't know what it is." Oh my! So there you go. Inside of the bag of baby pacifier candy is another Ziploc bag containing a bunch of cardboard. All right, I'm watching Nick open the second bag. He's pulling out the cardboard. It's like several sheets oh, of cardboard. Nick has a lot of anticipation on his face. It's <laughs> the cardboard is folded and it has a piece of paper inside of it. More cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> it's a license. It's a it's a little card that looks looks like a license plate for like a Big Wheels, and it says SK eight or skate. skate. Okay, as a cool kid would call that's it. One, that's uh, one. That's one down. Uh, let's see. The next one says, "Don't hate." <laughs> Like a rainbow. With an eight. With a rainbow. Ah, it's perfect. Um, Don't hate with an eight. Uh, Eight ball. Eight ball. Uh, ball. Are there eight of them? Smile with a smile. I thought there was going to be an eight motif. Yeah. No, no. Me too. Don't. The first one that I opened. Wrong way with no W for the. (laughs) Just a R O N G. 
and the final oh this uh, is the one I saw final, the final treat is be cool <laughs> So for I was over here. You were telling that Star Wars story, and I dug in to find the candy, and I very carefully yeah. extracted that, opened up, just like glanced inside of that piece of cardboard, and just saw B cool, and yes. then just sort of silently the closed letter. it all back up oh, wow. again. The letter B and then K O L. This is basically the. Good pacifiers. Jake, oh. you basically experienced the Big Lebowski <laughs> yeah, scene. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's it was in Jackie Treorn's house and he shades down the tablet and it's just a guy with a huge dick. Yeah. <laughs> As Nick was kind of like explaining the Star Wars thing, he sort of surreptitiously, <laughs> carefully lifted the little cardboard folder to be cool. Okay, I'm just in a different reality than Nick is right now, so I'll just fold this back up and return to the Star Wars thing for a while. These are, um, these are like Smarties. Oh, they yeah. all like Smarties. You want one? Oh. Oh, I'm good. Thank really you. Good. Though. I'm good. Danielle's healthy. Yeah, no, wanna, here, give me those. Do you want wrong way? <laughs> wrong way? Oh, man. <laughs> this is so good. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hold on to these <laughs> and uh, use them to silently communicate with my co yes. my co-hosts. Uh, <laughs> this one got wrong when, way. When we're when we're off topic, you know, I'll just wrong hold way. this up. Yeah, wrong way. Um, when someone's getting uh, too animated, yeah, be cool. Yeah, be cool. Be cool. Uh, uh, oh, don't. Oh, don't, don't hate. hate. That's right. Um, oh, so you could use "don't hate," "be cool." Those are different sentiments. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is good. I'm going to leave these right this here. This is excellent. When someone's going on too long and you want them to just move on, you get skate. Mm-hmm. Skate. Yep. Skate on. <laughs> when someone's being a big piece of shit, you can just put smile. <laughs> <laughs> When you're being a big piece of shit to someone else yeah. who's annoyed at you, to smile. You play the younger sibling card. Yeah, of just exactly. S- smug grin. Yep. Yeah. Shit eating grin. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, thank right. you. Great. Thank you for this, that. This this treat held a fractal of tweets. Or t- treats inside a fractal of, of tweets. <laughs> a fractal of tweets. Well, there's the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> this week's reader mail was weirdly three-dimensional and multi yeah, and fractal. <laughs> we, we got a bunch of good reader mail this week, and then I didn't read any of it because we did all this weird meta reader mail. <laughs> oh, there's um, we will so be back to normal on. reader mail next week, and there's been a bunch of good stuff. If you have stuff you would like us to read on the podcast, send it to questions at idlethumbs.net. There are a number of other great shows on our website, idlethumbs.net. Uh, including our newest show, Esports Today, which is hosted by Rob Zachney of Three Moves Ahead and Andrew Gruen. And they, every week, round up all the latest stuff that has happened in the world of professional and competitive gaming. It's a really, really good um, kind of way to dip your toe into uh, esports, even if you are not already kind of fully initiated in that world. And if you are, it's a good way to uh, keep up with it. Nick is flashing me the be cool yeah, he's sign. He's giving you be cool. Uh, oh, Nick wanted to remind you that the, that uh, though it's a uh, podcast about something pretty hardcore like esports and pro gaming, it is actually usually only a thirty to forty minute listen, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and accessible. Yes. Nick and wanted. To, Nick is telling us to smile. He's not Nick. <laughs> <laughs> if you like that show or this show or any of our shows, uh, it would mean a lot to us if you could give us a review. On iTunes, uh, it's a great way for us to spread awareness of our shows and uh, make them a little more easy to find on uh, on the iTunes service. Uh, if you think we deserve it, we would appreciate it. Thanks very much. And tell a friend if you like any of these shows. That is also the that's probably the other best way we spread the word. Tell a friend to smile and be cool. Exactly. And listen to our podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't hate. Thank you. <laughs>
<laughs> hey, babe. <laughs> Hi, babe. <laughs> Hi, babe. <laughs> it's really weird. So, like, she. Okay, hold on. So, yeah, so, so I just opened up my email this morning, and it, it's from. How do you pronounce this name? Is Chris? it an Italian name? Yeah, it's very, it's very oh, exotic. Yeah. And and she says, <laughs> and real. Hi, babe. I'm sending you here the details of flights, hotels, and dates of the trip. Love you, and I'm gonna miss you a lot. And and she says, and real. Hi, babe. I'm sending you here the details of flights, hotels, and dates of the trip. Love you, and I'm gonna miss you a lot. And it's this like three page list. Wow. Of just Honestly. details about what this person's doing for the next month. Oh my god. I know. It's insane. <laughs> this is like, like a really it's an detailed trip. It's trip itinerary. they go from they go to the East Coast and then all the way down and then they get on a cruise and like So it's not it, spam then probably. No. Yeah, this doesn't no. Look like real I looked, email. So I looked I looked her up. Because here's the thing. She inevitably, right? <laughs> whoever babe is has to be close to my name. Like there has to be I think I think it's Rick Brecken. I think so that's who it is. That's what I wanted to determine. <laughs> Impossible to determine. <laughs> I fa- I found her on Facebook. Uh, I found her on Instagram. Nate Big Brecken. Macklemore fan. Very interesting. Goes to every oh, Macklemore wow. concert in the world. Wow. Uh, but also pictures of her and her boyfriend. No tags, no tags on these pictures. So there's no way for me to know what this guy's name is, but it's driving me nuts. I you need are, to know. You are fully gold blooming right now. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> no tags, no, no tags. No tags, no tags, no tags. Big Macklemore fan goes to all the shows. <laughs> found her on Facebook. Found her on, it's very interesting, very interesting. <laughs> anyway. Oh. I really thought that, that was going to be... Anyway, really you, we won't be seeing be... Nick Brecken for the next few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a little traveling oh. to do. <laughs> I mean, the first thing I thought was, I could just shadow this person if I wanted to. I could just follow her on her entire trip. Oh I could like, go I... over to every stop. I could just be there. Be like, hey, babe. How crazy would that be? <laughs> she just, you know, like, once, okay, you know, you say hi, so she'll remember you, like, two weeks from then, right? <laughs> just like you pass her in the hotel room. And you go, in the hotel hallway, you go, hello, oh, hello. And then, and then, like, you know, a week later, you're just there, like, across from her in a cafe. In a different city. Oh, weird. Oh, my God. It goes to, like, a ton of different states yeah. and cities. And then there's a cruise. You're just and behind you're, her in line. You're getting, wearing, getting on the ship. How strange. You're wearing a Macklemore shirt the whole time. <laughs> just like, exactly. We're both yeah. fans, right? Oh, man. I feel oh. like there's a lot of potential there. There's a lot. I've seen you around it. so much. I just figured I should introduce myself. My name's Macklemore. <laughs> <laughs> Mac. Mac. Yeah. Mac My name Elmore. is Nick. at gmail. dot com. Ring any bells? Yeah. <laughs> I reply to the. <laughs> babe. God. Yeah. Hey there, babe. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, you so, may have noticed so yeah, me in your Facebook for the next month or two. <laughs> yeah, uh, you got places. My to be. Man, yeah, that's like the most important. extreme. For I was reading the some articles today. I I read one article that like spiraled into a firsthand account and some other stuff about this really fucked up phenomenon of men who use ride sharing guys who use that to try and meet women. And get dates, oh. so they will just cancel rides if they see that they're matched with a dude, and then if they're matched with a with a woman, they will just take the ride. And they they schedule really long rides, oh my God. so that in the attempt to, you know, be in the car for a long time with the person, 
Cool. With yeah. their pua techniques, I'm sure, yeah. as well. Yeah, that it's, reminds it's, me of a similar story, in the first actually. mile. Uh, but from the other side of things, uh-huh. I was riding with um, uh, a cab driver, and he just had got off and or, uh, gotten off the um, a muni bus. He's a muni driver during the day, and um, which is the bus system oh, in San crazy. Francisco. And uh, he was telling me everything you want to know about the muni system in San Francisco, like the inside scoop. And one thing he said <laughs> is that women who uh, drive buses for muni are so tired of putting up with crap that they actually intentionally act crazy. He said this is a thing. Oh, he said man. every single woman driver that you see who has like a weird twitch or like just does something weird every now and yeah. then, he's like, oh yeah, they get off, they're they're totally normal. Like those, they're just they're just <laughs> fucking with you. Like they're just trying not <laughs> oh, to have man. like a normal day. So there's a whole class of like worker that just has to act nuts so that their life isn't miserable at work. Wow. It's so weird. And Janelle, my girlfriend Janelle was just immediately, because she rides the bus every day, she's like, oh, I know exactly what he's talking about. It makes a lot of sense. That's like my bus driver every morning. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Wow. What a weird thing. I feel like women have to do that just to ride the bus all the time, too. Like, I, I... I'm a very friendly person and I talk to anyone, but yeah. there there have definitely been some very strange situations on the bus where it's like, it's better to just either be in your own world so obviously that even the most not sensitive to that kind of person will, will not talk to you. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It just, it makes all kinds of sense to me hearing that this is a thing. <laughs> yeah. It, it, my bus ride into work this morning on Muni, there it was a woman bus driver who was very normal, saying normal things into the PA, <clears throat> and she probably regretted it because the entire time that I was on from BART to the office, there was a guy who was just standing in front of the yellow line, just sort of just looking halfway towards oh, the driver's oh side. She kept being like, sir, there's a lot of empty seats. Uh, would you like to sit down? And he would just sort of like, sort of just like nod his head back and forth and then just keep staring. Oh, so I guess God. that's why you start just acting crazy yeah. so that people don't want anything to do with you and are yep. afraid of you. Yeah. <laughs> So it makes cool. a lot of sense. Anyway, Nick, can't wait for you to take this cruise. <laughs> oh, that was that was. Yep. Anyway, see you guys <laughs> next week. Uh, <laughs> questions at idlepums.net. We're a video game podcast.